You're listening to the Martin Houston Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Alabama first and 10 on the 12. Again, Houston. He's got a hole. He's over. Alabama touchdown. I'm just wondering if your listeners know how good a football player you were. I can still see you playing that fullback, knocking those players out of the, out of the way. And I believe I could have run behind you. Martin, I can remember when we came to center and you were playing fullback up there. And I saw you in the weight room and watched the watched workout in the weight room. If you could pick up, you were strong enough to pick up the whole weight room. I wanted to fix it, and I ran back to the Biggest, biggest mistake we ever made. The Martin Houston Show with national championship winning fullback Martin Houston. Giving you one hour of intense, hard-hitting analysis from an insider's perspective. It's time for the Martin Houston Show on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Good morning. Welcome to the Martin Houston Show on Tide 100.9 on your radio dial, the Martin Houston Show fan page on Facebook. It is a Tuesday morning and we're live and local and ready to get things rolling. Want to invite you into the conversation at 205-342-9904, the Taco Casa hotline. Open for business, Taco Casa quality, taste, value, and the biggest cactus in town. Doing it the right way every single day. And this time of the year is a great time of the year, and it's a great time for you to stop by Taco Casa. They have dine-in, drive-through, and carry-out. That's the options for you to get the great food, great service, quality, taste, and value under the biggest cactus in town. That's Taco Casa. Wishing you a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Remember that this is a day that the Lord has made, so let's rejoice and be glad in it. Take some time today to notice someone, love someone, serve someone, be the difference you want to see in the world today. I want to remind you that tonight uh, at 6 p.m., we'll have Alabama Tradition with myself uh, and Ryan Fowler, uh, Alabama Tradition, the past, present, and future of the Alabama Crimson Tide uh, that's right here on this same channel. Well, uh, on Tide 109, we'll also uh, be uh, simulcasting on Facebook at Alabama Tradition. So you can go to Alabama Tradition and find us there on Facebook as well. Uh, we didn't get to a lot of the good, the bad, and the ugly. We didn't talk about a lot of from the weekend yesterday, but that's okay because we have great callers and listeners who interact with us and we went a little different last night so i mean yesterday so we'll continue that conversation we are excuse me still going to be um working in terms of uh not working but bringing in dc dc capstone report will be joining us here in just a moment so dc dc capstone report will join us throughout the program Remember, the phone lines are still open when D.C. joins the program, so you're able to still be a part of that as well. And once again, that interaction number is 205-342-9904. I just had you know a couple things before I get into the Alabama game. I wanted to give a couple shout-outs to uh, some Alabama guys from this past weekend. Uh, Henry Ruggs, uh, what a big play. Um, I can't say that uh, he cost the guy his job, but he made a play as the Jets, who are 0-12 now, uh, had a great opportunity to get their first win against the Las Vegas Raiders. That's so weird. I think that's the first time I've ever said that on the airwaves, the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, but Henry Rose catching that touchdown uh Winning uh, pass. Did you see that, Joe? Yes, I saw uh, kind of a crazy thing for Greg Williams to uh, yeah. what, he blitzed pretty much all out blitzed and left uh, left uh, rugs on his own on the outside, and uh, the first round draft pick paid off for the Las Vegas Raiders. Well, and here's the question I have. You know, I'm always looking for conspiracies, Joe. So 
whatever is like obvious, I, I and I do it just to conversation. I understand that. But when I saw that play, that was so crazy what he did. I was like, did he do it on purpose? Was he trying to secure and make sure that that they get that first draft pick of the NFL? Because unlike uh, like the NBA and stuff, if you're the worst record, you secure the first overall pick. Uh, so uh, I was like, did did Adam Gay did did the head coach tell him, man, let them get this thing? I know that that's probably not the case, but it was worth the thought that crossed my mind because it was such a dumb play by a veteran coach. But Greg Williams has already been around some controversy. Yeah, he. I mean, he, he actually made, has made that call before in that same exact situation. Now it's paid off for him uh, in a previous situation, but it obviously didn't work out on Sunday. Yeah, and if you're wondering, Greg Williams uh, was let go, and it was interesting. Some of the guys on uh, NFL Sunday night, uh, they were like, if I was the owner – I would fire both of them immediately. I would even let them get back in the facility. So uh, both didn't get fired, but uh, Greg Williams, the defensive coordinator for the Jets, did lose that. Jalen Hurts got an opportunity to play uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, And it's hard to say because only a couple years ago, Carson Wentz looked like he was going to be, you know, the next wave of, of quarterbacks, but he, he he's he's lost confidence and uh, he seems to be really struggling. And the Eagles finally made a decision to go with Jalen Hurts, uh, and I think Jalen Hurts rewarded them uh, as about as well as you could expect in that type of situation. He sparked the team. His first drive that was empty that brought a, a really nice drive back. Uh, he also um, had had a couple of really really nice passes where. He was on the money, um, and his legs, their offensive line is garbage, and he was able to extend some plays uh, with his legs. So overall, I thought Jalen Hurts would have got a, a, a high passing grade uh, in his first performance. Did you get to see any of that? Uh, Joe. Just the highlights, and, I, and I'm really happy for him. He did come in and give uh, the, the Eagles a spark. They're a team they, they they've had some trouble this year. So any good yes. any, any goodness for them, or any any you know good fortune for them. Uh, I got a couple Eagles fans friends. They've been really hurting. Yeah, that, it, it, it's it's been really bad. Wentz, I think, got sacked four or five times in the first half. So uh, the most sacked quarterback. And had Jalen not been elusive, he probably would have got sacked in his quarter and a half of play uh, at least two or three times. So uh, it was hurting, but he was able to extend some plays, make some plays. And and then I think the threat of him being able to run, it also opened it up. And it was good to see Tua back playing well uh, with the Dolphins. So Alabama guys just, I mean, every week you could probably highlight two or three different guys, but uh, both of those guys kind of for the first time doing some good stuff for their team. As we get into uh, the game, talk to D.C. about this, but it it was a play that happened really early in the game, but I still think it was a very, very key moment in the game uh, against LSU. LSU was having a lot of success on that first drive uh, and and looked like all on all accounts they're going to be able to go down, score, uh, and make this game, uh, you know, a tie game and, and I think that momentum may have carried them for a little while. I, I don't think that LSU team uh, had any chance of staying with Alabama for four quarters. But it would have made the first quarter probably a little bit more interesting. Uh, but that moment is the first time in a while that I, I got excited about our defense and felt like we could do something right here. And it's not that big of a deal when you look at the whole scheme of things. But that First time in the four, uh, first quarter when they went for it on third and one, didn't get it, and they came back and went for it on fourth down. Uh, Joe, to me, that was one of the early key moments in the game that kind of set the stage. Um, I think both teams were testing each other. Of course, LSU had to decide to go for it on fourth down, but I think Coach O was trying to uh, send a message to Alabama when he went for it 
on fourth and one. Uh, what were your thoughts on that big time play by uh, uh, the announcer was saying Christian Harris, uh, but to me the play was made uh, by Will Anderson. He absolutely annihilated the defensive uh, end. I mean, the tackle. He crashed down real hard. He stuck his he stuck his helmet right on the running back's kneecap, basically, and uh, and and didn't didn't allow them to get that first down. I think it was huge for the confidence of the defense. Uh, I think yep. the defense is pretty confident, any, anyways. But to be able to bow up and get a big stop right there, I think that spurred them on to have a good evening. I, I agree with that. Like I said, defense is playing well. Defense is playing with confidence. But in reality, they've not had a lot of physical moments where they've had a chance to show their physicality. And, and short yardage is one of those moments in the game where manhood is tested. We're going to uh, send our big boys against your big boys, and the best man is going to win. And so that's why I said I think Coach O is going to send a message. You hear people say it all the time. Hey, show confidence in your offensive line by going for it when it's fourth and one or, you know, short yardage play. And and I like I said, I don't know that it would have made a difference in the overall scheme of the game, but I do think it absolutely in that moment had uh, a lot to do with the confidence that was displayed the rest of the game. Uh, another key moment, have you got to see the video of Coach O yet? Screaming on the sidelines, throwing that headset after Devontae Smith's touchdown. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was his, I think that was his second touchdown on the uh, – I call it a pick play. Uh, <laughs> but have you heard his comments after uh, what happened there? Well, it was the one, one of the few times they weren't double-teaming Devontae Smith, I believe is what I read. He wanted to double <laughs> Devontae the whole, pretty much the whole night, and that was a, an instance where they were not, and he burned them. Yeah, it was. It's like I'm going. At, if if you were supposed to be double teaming, double teaming this guy all night, and he had 219 yards in the first half, you need to reassess your double team strategy. I mean, I, I know Devontae is really good, but I think LSU uh, they are in trouble. I mean, they they were absolutely out of sorts, but. Right, that was a great play. Uh, I thought that was a key moment in the game because just like he tried to put confidence in his players in the, by going forward on fourth down, if you're a defensive player and you hear that and you see your coach acting that way and screaming and shouting, what do you think that communicates to the rest of the team? I mean... Panic. It, panic, yes. I mean, it was like... It was like, dude, you you just told your team, I mean, that, that this is hopeless. This is, I mean, he absolutely looked like someone who panicked and lost it. Well, he did panic and lose it. And so that was two key moments that I thought, uh, based on confidence, just absolutely let the Alabama players know from a defensive side of the ball, we got this. And from an offensive side of the ball, they can't contain us and they know it, and it's going to be a long night. And, of course, it, it did proceed to be that 55-17. We got some other good, good, maybe a, a couple uh, bad, uh, ugly uh, that we'll talk about with uh, D.C. If you want to get in on the conversation, please go ahead and do that at 205-342-9904. We'll get your calls worked in. We'll also uh, take your comments on Facebook. You can go to the Martin Houston uh, Martin Houston Live page, and you can get all the comments there. Coming back on the other side, we will continue, and we'll be bringing DC DC Capstone Report into the conversation. Tide one nine traffic. From the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center, everything pretty quiet on the roadways on a very chilly Tuesday morning. Of course, if you do see conditions, give us a call, 205-886-8886. The holiday sales event is in full swing at Townsend Nissan. Rebates, extra incentives, and top dollar for your trade right now at Townsend Nissan. I'm Captain Ray. Cool and dry weather continues today. The sky's sunny, the high 54. Clear tonight, the low at 35. 
for tomorrow and Thursday. Lots of sunshine both days with a warming trend. The high tomorrow is 62, Thursday's high at 66. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. Scott Smith and Softmark Design doing business for 17 plus years. Specializing in graphic design services, commercial printing, promotional products, advertising specialties, and so much more. Basically, any and everything you would need to advertise, promote, and grow your business. Through strong partnerships, strong customer service, and creative ideas, they'll help you market and grow your business. Give Scott a call at 205-292-4680 or email scottis at comcast.net and visit them online at southmarkdesign.com. Hello, I'm Martin Houston. And while I get really excited about football season, I love the holiday season even more. Merry Christmas from the Tide 109 family and the Martin Houston Show. Roll Tide. Welcome back into the Martin Houston Show on Tide 100.9. It is a beautiful morning and it is closing in on Christmas and uh, DC, I know you love Christmas, uh, so I'll give you a chance to give a shout out to the folks. Welcome into the Martin Houston Show. How you doing, sir? Well, good morning, Martin. Glad to be here this morning. Yes, you're right. right. I love Christmas. It's my favorite time of the year. There's no better time to share the joy of, and the love of Jesus Christ than Christmas time, because everybody well, who's talking about Christmas got to hear the story about the birth of Jesus. That's right. That's awesome. We'll give more opportunities as we get a little closer for you to do uh, just that. So uh, breaking down Alabama versus LSU, Alabama absolutely annihilating the LSU Tigers. Um, What's your overall assessment of what you saw on Saturday? Well, uh, I put the podcast up yesterday and I had to hold myself from chuckling a little bit when I was saying some of the things I was saying. I just couldn't believe I was saying about the Alabama LSU game, you know, we, my, my, how much we've uh, fallen here in one year. And, and, uh, I said, and I believe this is true. I don't think there's anybody can contradict me that there was no one watching that game. Uh, no one on Alabama sideline, no one on LSU sideline, uh, that could say anything different than Alabama was the much better team in that game from start to finish. And, uh, I think it even boiled over in Coach O's uh, early uh, meltdown on the sideline early in the, in the first half. And so uh, when you have that kind of uh, – and I, I knew going in there were some problems with the LSU teams. I, I mentioned it about some dissension among the coaches and the players and different things. But when you have that kind of leadership that uh, panics that soon, uh, then it, it kind of gives a message to the rest of your team. I think Alabama set the stage early on uh, when they had a great – Go, uh, fourth and one stand there really uh, exhibited strength and and imposed their will on that on that LSU team and that's not something that uh, uh, that you take lightly in a game like that. That's when it, when the player gets to put a hat on a hat and really really go after them. And I think that 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 really set it up for the rest of the game. And then I heard Coach O's comments afterwards when he said that uh, uh, that was the only time they were worth doubling Devontae Smith. And then I laughed and thought, well. Uh, if you're doubling somebody, he's already got 200-something yards in the first uh, quarter or first half, then uh, there must be something wrong with your defensive team. So it was kind of it's kind of uh, humorous the way I was having to describe uh, what I thought about the game. I, I, th- I think you would probably agree with that. This is not really a normal Alabama LSU game. It was not normal at all except for Devontae Smith. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Devontae Smith last year had 200 and. Uh, I think like 12 yards or somewhere in that range. He has, in, in two games, he has over 400 yards, uh, almost dub, I mean, duplicate type games, except it took him a whole game last year. Uh, and and game also, you remember last, last year, year, it was 80 of those yards came on that one last play uh, from two to him uh, at the last play of the game yeah. for Alabama. And so, yeah, I think the, the, the difference was just the annihilation early, early on. And just yeah. uh, there's no doubt that anybody watching that game, from announcers to national media to whoever, is going to say that Alabama wasn't the better team on the field that night. Yeah, and I probably wouldn't have came out and said we were trying to double team him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I would have came out and said we were trying to because all night they were, you know, they kept pointing out everything. I can't understand why Stingley's not on him uh, when 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 it was a Stingley versus Devonte Smith, and and many people believe Stingley be, to be one of the best corners uh, in the country. 
and that's that, I don't think that's a fluke. I think that's based off of his performance uh, last year and leading into this year. Um, just when you watch how dominant Devontae was when they were one on one, or when they even double teamed him, uh, Devontae Smith uh, definitely made some money. Uh, I think on Saturday night. Uh, no doubt, and uh, and Devontae Smith exhibited also that speed that everybody says is sneaky speed. I mean, uh, he's got a lot more speed than people give him credit for. Yeah, I hadn't seen him get. I always tell people when people ask me about how fast someone is, and and I really don't know their times, but I always go, I've never seen anybody run them down, uh, and that's, that's all true. you need to to know uh, when it comes to guys playing speed and Devontae's one of those guys. I, I, I don't, I still don't know what his 40 is, but it's fast enough. Let's just kind of look at some, some of the good things that happened in that game. We'll start off with Will Anderson. Uh, did Will Anderson finally in your eyes, DC uh, live up to the preseason uh, summertime hype around him? Well, I think uh, I mentioned it yesterday on the podcast. I, I was very impressed with his play. I think he's coming into his own. Uh, I think he's got a lot more confidence. I think he's got players playing around him that's confident in him and what he's doing. Uh, I think four tackles, four assists, and two sacks is by far his best game of the year. But I don't think he's peaked. I think he's getting ready to peak. And I wouldn't be surprised that you won't see him peak in a SEC championship game or a college playoff game. Uh, and much burst on the scene, much like a Terrell Lewis did uh, that year where he had so many sacks uh, late in one of those championship games to make a difference. So uh, I, I'm really impressed with him and think that he's really on the right track and, and getting better every week. Yeah, well, what do you think has has directly led to the uh, – to me, his last, his last three games, if you kind of look – he seems to be settling in, and it kind of sounds funny when you say settling in, but he's playing better. Uh, that that settling in, I, I don't mean that he, you know, getting comfortable in the terms of not playing at a high level, but that he's just figuring out how to play the position. What do you think is the biggest um, change or light switch that went off that has helped him do that? Well, I think the key to it is, and I know you you know this term, Martin, you've heard it before because you played all your life, is that uh, there, there came a point during the season where he had so much on his mind about yep. trying to do the game, uh, trying to do stay in the right gap, read the right coverage, do the right thing, that he was, there's so many things running through his mind. But there came a point in the season where everything slowed down for him. He, and that helped him build his confidence. And, and the more you build his confidence game after game after game, the better he got. And I know that that term, is the, the game slowed down for him, just means that he got comfortable not in, in his play, but got comfortable in playing the speed of the game that he's playing the SEC. Now, it's big. It's a big jump for a 17-year-old young man to play Georgia high school ball and then jump into an all-SEC schedule without much preparation. So uh, I think we saw in practice what he was doing comfortably against the uh, – scout team and other team members, uh, but when he got in the game, he had to have that speed of the game slow down. I think it has done that just for Will Anderson Jr. this year. I, I would agree with that, and um, I think he may be one of the people who benefited uh, from that hiatus where Alabama didn't play uh, for several weeks because of bye week and covid uh, I think he was—he's one of those guys that directly benefited from it. And if you don't think it's a thing, I don't know if you got—you got an opportunity to see the Chiefs play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, a couple yeah. weeks ago. Did you see that game? I did. Yeah, and and, and all the announcers were talking about it was a four-year window since the Chiefs and the Buccaneers had played. So none of the Buccaneers players had played against the speed of the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, you can hear about it and all that. And you go back and look, Patrick Mahomes had almost 400 yards passing in the first half because the DBs just, they just not could adjust to the speed of Hill and company. Uh, and, and then, of course, you saw that slow down uh, as they got adjusted to it. And as professionals, it didn't take them, you know, five games, but uh, it did take them. Uh, a full half before they adjust it. And that's what I think has happened with Will, Will Anderson. Let's bring in Chuck Hunt. Chuck, you're in with 
Martin Houston and DC DC Capstone Report. What's on your mind? Uh, hello, you three. Uh, how are you all doing this morning? Uh, and I had to give a shout out to Joe for being able to get through to you all. And uh, I have to yes. give to show him uh, respect. And uh, I was just talking about uh, what happened this past weekend. And uh, yeah, uh, it's interesting you talking about Devontae Smith and, and many others. Uh, you know, my being from Louisiana, I'm, I'm looking at the people around here at the you know, they were doing all the talking. Now it's been very quiet around here. And uh, um, I look at Devontae, he's picked him out from uh, Baton Rouge from uh, AB. And, uh, you know, Christian Harris and uh, Dylan Moses uh, went to school right there on LSU campus at university. You know, Dylan ended up finishing at IMG Academy. And then, and uh, I'm glad Curtis Moore sent, him, uh, sent a message to me yesterday. I didn't want to leave out Chris Allen. I remember him, he played across town at. Uh, at uh, Southern University Laboratory High School on the campus of HBCU uh, Southern University. I didn't want to leave him out as well. Uh, the school that Marcus Spears played at, the, the guy who coached Satan, coached as well at uh, LSU, coached him on the 2003 National Championship team. And, but uh, it shows you right there all the talent here in the state. And I think that's what really got Orgeron run when, uh, when uh, Devontae made that one-handed catch and he, uh, he uh, lost <laughs> it and threw his headset down. I think that's what got him because he, you know, all these, he lost out on a lot of these guys and uh, – and, uh, and, you know, he's talking about building a moratorium. But I said, well, one thing about Coach Saban, he knows he is that he's been in this business a long time. And he, he knows uh, he knows how to get through to uh, young men. Absolutely. D.C., when, when you look at, uh, you, you know, as an LSU coach, it has to be frustrating when you look out and see Devontae Smith, Dylan Moses, Christian Harris, uh, at, um, Christian Allen. Christopher Allen and all of those guys, it has to be not just that what he's doing to you, but the fact that he could be doing it for your team. Uh, most definitely. And he can add Slade Boulder to that as well as some other players on the team. That Slade Boulder, yeah, from cross the from me. Other players that doesn't play right now that, that still are on the team that came in these recruiting battles with LSU. And, and you know, I, I think it, it has to be kind of demoralizing to a to a head coach when they say, "Hey, this is if I missed out on look how great he's doing for Alabama." But believe you me, Coach Saban uses that to his advantage in his pregame <laughs> speeches and in his talks to the players. And I think we heard a little bit about it uh, afterwards. You know, you don't hear about it beforehand because they don't they won't put up bullet board material. But when you hear Coach Saban suddenly say something to the effect. You know, uh, it was you know LSU had kind of gotten where they believe where they believe something about Alabama. We had to go out there and change their thought process about what Alabama is all about, and that just shows you the consistency of the Alabama program versus the flash in the pan type atmosphere that happened last year at LSU. And that's not derogatory. That happens. You, you go all sell out for all year and, and do your do your thing. And LSU did. They did a great job last year, winning the national championship. But uh, the comeback this year, falling from from the top all the way where they fell uh, just shows you that they don't have the structure, uh, the process, if you will, uh, to maintain the consistency like Alabama has. All right. Thanks, Chuck. You got anything else for us? Uh, well, uh, you know, you to my Louisiana, I'm going to leave out another guy that's on the Alabama team, uh, Fedarian Mathis. He's from my Winsboro, Louisiana, Booker McFarland's hometown, but he finished high school at Neville. He played at uh, the same school as Cootie Jones, who played at Alabama. I wanted to point that out. You know, Slade Bowden played the same high school as uh, Luther Davis, uh, West Monroe High School, across the Washtenaw River from me. I wanted to point all yeah. that out as well. Yeah. And I'm glad you pointed out for Darian Mathis because, in my opinion, he has been one of the defensive linemen that hasn't gotten enough respect uh, from the media. He has stepped up big time and really imposed his will on the people that he goes up against. Uh, and That's I true. think he's done a really great job. Yeah, I would say Fedarian's probably having – uh, quietly having uh, the most consistent uh, season of all of the defensive linemen, uh, even including Barmore, even though Barmore flashes a lot when he's in. I think Fedarian has probably established himself as the kind of the, the cornerstone of those interior guys. So, thanks, Chuck. Appreciate it, sir. All right. You all take care. Bless you all. Yeah. Great to talk Bless to you this morning. Coming back on the other side, we'll continue our conversation with D.C., D.C. Capstone Report. Uh, phone lines are open, 205-342-9904. And, hey, if you're out today and you need to get that car clean inside and out, uh, stop by Overflow Express Wash, overflowexpresswash.com, right there on Skyland Boulevard, just past uh, Town Square Media Studios and right next door to 
Alabama One. That's Overflow Express Wash, helping you keep your car clean inside and out. Also, um, a location coming off of Hunter Creek Drive and 82 McFarland Boulevard in Northport. That'll be ready this uh, spring, first quarter. So keep your eyes open for that. But in the meantime, stop by the location on Skyland. Andy Phillips and his team has put together a great organization, a great experience, and a great environment. That's Overflow Express Wash, overflowexpresswash.com. Tide 100.9 Traffic. From the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center, everything pretty quiet on our roadways on a very chilly Tuesday morning. Of course, if you do see conditions, give us a call, 205-886-8886. The holiday sales event is in full swing at Townsend Nissan. Rebates, extra incentives, and top dollar for your trade. Right now at Townsend Nissan, I'm Captain Ray. Hello, this is Martin Houston with the Martin Houston Show, and I want to tell you about one of our great sponsors, Overflow Express Wash. Their mission is to provide great customer service with a showroom clean car and an exceptional customer service experience. They have the basic car wash that starts at $7, but you need to check out the premium wash packages, which start as low as $12 and go up to $20. They also have a membership wash club that you can get for starting at $23.99, going up to $39.99. In other words, just double the regular premium package, drop a penny, and you can be one of the great members of Overflow Express Wash. My family and I keep our cars looking good inside and out by using Overflow Express Wash. They're located on Skyland Boulevard right next door to Alabama One, or you can find them online at overflowexpresswash.com. Andy Phillips and his team look forward to making you a part of their team. Nick Saban calls it the process. John Maxwell said that everything rises and falls on it. And Coach Wooden said it's what you learn after you think you know it all that makes the difference. What am I talking about? Leadership and personal development. Is your organization, your school, your church, your family, are they receiving the proper level of leadership development and personal development? If not, the Empowerment Center for Leadership and Mentoring can help you with that. We have our pep talks, which is a one to one and a half hour lunch and learn which we can customize to meet your needs, or we have some topics that we present that we know can help your organization. And if you're looking for one-on-one mentoring and coaching, we can also assist you with that. Visit peptalks35.com as peptalks35.com or send an email to martin at martinhouston.org. That's the Empowerment Center for Leadership and Mentoring. Hello, I'm Martin Houston, and I'm so excited about this time of the year because it represents not just football, but the season of the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. On behalf of Harvest Church and the Martin Houston Show, we want to wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year and invite you to join Harvest Church on Sundays at 10 a.m. and Wednesdays at 6 p.m. where we're creating and enabling faithful followers of Christ. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year from the Martin Houston Show and Harvest Church. Welcome back to the Martin Houston Show. You know, the D.C., when we were talking earlier, Coach O said that there was uh, double teaming. Uh, that was the game plan. Curtis Lewis, and I did not see this, uh, did not see the actual player that was interviewed, but Curtis Lewis said an LSU DB said during postgame interview that doubling number six wasn't discussed until halftime. Uh was was that a DB saving face, or uh, do do you think that may be the problem that uh, part of the team thought they were doubling and the other part didn't? <laughs> I think that's a uh, microcosm of the problems that were going on with the LSU team with communication and coach translations and all kind of stuff. Uh, <laughs> it's always clear that Coach Oat thought they were double teaming him the whole game. Uh, yeah, so, that. that uh, that's right. I, I so, think so one of those was saving face. Absolutely. That would definitely explain uh, part of the issue with why they struggled to double team uh, 
either they did not execute on it or uh, one of the DBs involved in the double team was not aware of it. Either way, uh, it resulted in a big-time night for D, uh, for Devontae Smith. Let's bring in uh, D9. D9, you are in with DC. DC Capstone reporting the Martin Houston Show. What's on your mind? Hey, man. Well, I, I just going to touch on a little bit of something there you guys talking about. I mean, honestly, I can kind of understand a lot of stuff getting lost in translation when Coach O is involved. <laughs> <laughs> uh, be a little tough to understand what he's saying, but uh, I did have a lot of family members in Louisiana, uh, Gulfport, Mississippi area that were really mad that the uh, satellite provider in their area was not carrying the game. They was really teed off about it, and I think by the end of the game, I hadn't heard anything from them yet, so I don't know what's going on down there. I mean, uh, maybe it's sort of like the, the Auburn... D-Nun, it's sort of like the Auburn people... Um, uh, we were checking after the Auburn game to see if the cell towers were out uh, or their, all of their uh, phones got some type of bug in Tuscaloosa because uh, there was no texting yeah, I, after yeah. the game. Yeah, I got no family conversations like I did last year after our game. I, just some reason, the cell phone towers, the satellite, uh, U.S. mail, everything just went away all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> I know, uh, I know that's right. I know y'all are joking about that, but a lot of that happened pre-game too. I, I heard that there was a lot of LSU fans that uh, sold their tickets to Alabama fans. Uh, if you actually saw the makeup of the fans in the stands before the game, oh, oh that yeah, is it so did look kind of one-sided in the end zones, especially. Which if you've, ever, if you've ever been down there? I ain't gonna lie, Martin. It's one of the best places to go. Uh, maybe because I'm on I'm on the field, and um, when I'm get to go, I'm on the field with the photography stuff, but. It is a really nice environment. I'll give it to them. Yeah. It is one of the better environments hey. in college football. Oh, I think it's yeah, one of the know, best atmospheres you they... ever play in and, and can really affect the game. I think that's what Coach Saban loved about the atmosphere while he coached there, and that's what I think he don't he doesn't like coaching in there with a full stadium because it does affect the game. If you've ever been on the field, it's amazing. Yeah, oh, and I had the opportunity, fun, of course, you know? to play there. Uh, yeah, I had the opportunity to play there. You said uh, that experience. I was there when we had to go, you know, when they made the changeover to the SEC schedule. Uh, and that's so we had to go down there a couple times, uh, one more time than we would normally would have. So, and it was always one of the funnest places, the loudest places uh, to, to play. And the fans are passionate. And that just shows you how far uh, this program. Uh, has fallen. When you start thinking about this, D.C. and D9, last year LSU was on top, and and, and they were all all rage. And a year later, and everybody keeps making excuses, saying he lost players to the NFL. Well, Nick Saban has lost players to the NFL every year at a high level. Yes, it's a little different, but do you really think that that – Alabama would, if we had lost uh, the situation, part of that's coaching, though. Part of that is why did everybody want to leave? Why did some guys jump ship when they were not really uh, expected to uh, be able to to uh, get drafted high in the NFL, but yet they felt like it was still better than coming back? That shows you just kind of the yeah. culture that he has created. Well, you, you kind of make maybe like a domino effect. One or two guys decided to leave or not play. It's like, you know what? It's going to make it a lot tougher with these guys out there. I'm going to go ahead and do it also. I'll skip it this year too. So it's kind of a domino effect down there with certain players. But I don't know, uh, Martin, if y'all listened yesterday, uh, Wimp and Barry was talking to, about something. It kind of hit conversation today last night at work. Um, the Heisman Trophy race, I know that Devontae and, and Mag and all of them will say, hey, we're not worried about that. But, you know, God bless me. In the back of their mind, it has to be something that's there. How much do y'all think really and truly that it may end up hurting both of them, that they're both on the same, could be possibly both looking at that award and maybe uh, a Florida player or a Clemson player sneaking in there and getting it because it's going to divide the vote up so big with those two guys? My my opinion is I, I don't think that's going to affect it uh, for a quarterback and a and a wide receiver because I think they feed off of each other. Uh, but you know Najee Harris is is making a push for the Doak Walker Award and probably some Heisman. So having three on one team dividing up the offensive production is could hurt. 
But I really believe it's going to come yeah. down to the Alabama-Florida game. And if uh, Mac Jones uh, does his thing and, and defense can stop Kyle Trask and, the, and that Florida offense, then I think the deal will be done after that game. I, well, yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I admit with, with Wimp yesterday, he said, honestly, they are two two totally different style players. Dink and dunk, small 10-yard, you know, yes, he's got a lot of touchdowns, but Mac is just a totally different quarterback. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, think it'll, I think it'll is, show when when we play them. Uh, I, I really believe that'll be the difference in the game. And the other part, I, I'll, I'll say this, and I'll let you go, Dino. But when you look at you look at Trash, Trash has thirty something touchdowns. His team has like forty. Okay, no right. one else on their team is scoring touchdowns. We have the leading receiving touchdown, the leading leading rushing touchdown, and, and that's not counting all the touchdowns that our backups have. And and oh, our yeah. tight ends have so so when you start spreading it around and looking at what's happening, one guy has I mean, and I'm not taking anything away from Traskin. I think he should be in the conversation. But one guy has the numbers he has when it comes to touchdowns and everything because they never run the ball. They have no running game, and no matter where they're at, twenty, fifteen, ten, five, they're throwing the ball. So I think Mac oh, yeah. Jones has it. But I do I'm of the opinion that I think it can hurt. The better Schmitty plays, the more it hurts um Mac Jones. Because the award has become regional. It is a regional oh, yeah. award oh, and, and 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 we I've seen guys win it because they were in a different region and two or three players in the same region split votes. Uh Mac Jones, Najee, and um Devontae are all having Heisman winning seasons they just happen to be having it all in the same season on the same oh, team yeah. so hopefully one of them gets it but uh we'll see thanks d we appreciate it hey man god bless and merry christmas of the holiday season and y'all have a good one all right god bless Thank you merry we got christmas several well. people on the phone lines waiting we'll get the break here coming back we'll do a quick rapid fire with uh tom super joe and the other guys stay tuned for more right here on the martin houston show Tide 100.9 traffic. From the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center, everything pretty quiet on our roadways on a very chilly Tuesday morning. Of course, if you do see conditions, give us a call, 205-886-8886. The holiday sales event is in full swing at Townsend Nissan. Rebates, extra incentives, and top dollar for your trade. Right now at Townsend Nissan, I'm Captain Ray. Here's what's trending on the Tuscaloosa thread. Good morning. The city of Tuscaloosa restricting access to government buildings and canceling events as COVID-19 cases continue to rise in the area. Dozens of municipal employees are quarantining or isolating at home. Meetings of the city council will be conducted virtually and live streamed to the public. The city's municipal court will also be closed to the public effective next Monday. DCH continues to set records in the number of COVID-19 patients being admitted. 138 this morning with 38 in intensive care. I'm Don Hart. Hello, this is Martin Houston with the Martin Houston Show. And I want to tell you about Tuscaloosa Custom Carving. If you're looking for a way to add value to your home, make your flower beds pop, make your landscaping stand out from your neighbors, then Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing can help you do just that. They have numerous styles, but they feature the Moroccan Stone Curb Series, which includes four great styles and unlimited color choices. That's Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing. They are the one that can help you stand out from your neighbors. Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing, 205-331-6823. You may also find yourself with the need for a custom size stone or, or custom shaped stone. Then Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing can help with that as well. Paul Fuller and his team are waiting on your call right now for that free quote. And if you tell them that Martin Houston with the Martin Houston Show told you to stop by, you'll get a big discount. So call Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing at 205-331-6823 or visit them online at Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing, LLC. I'm Martin Houston, and I really get excited during football season. But nothing excites me as much as the Christmas holiday season. On behalf of the Alabama One family and the Martin Houston Show, we want to wish you a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Please stop by one of our branch locations because we'll be open to serve you throughout the Christmas season. And don't forget, you can visit alabamaone.org. And once again, Merry Christmas from Alabama One. One together.
Welcome back into the Martin Houston Show. We got a couple callers on the line. We're speaking with DC, DC Capstone Report. DC, tell our listeners uh, where they can find you and what you got up there for them. Well, the podcast is up already. It's at dccapstonereport.com. You can also find it at the Facebook page, DC Capstone Report. So like us on Facebook. You can follow me on Twitter at davidcott50, D-A-V-I-D-C-O-T-5-0. And always check out Lance's, uh, Lance Shore's, his uh, production uh, w- website at RollTideBama.com and FreelancePictures.com for some great Alabama content. All right. That's DC Capstone presented by FreelancePictures.com and RollTidePictures.com. Uh, That's Lance. RollTideBama.com. I mean, RollTideBama.com uh, and DC, DC Capstone Report. Let's go. Super Joe, you're in with the Martin Houston Show. What's on your mind, man? Um, I'm talking about that victory on my over LSU. Now, when I look at it, we could run a school board on them, and, but LSU really shouldn't have had no more than, let's see, I, I just say about me that 10 because that guy dropped that ball if we crossed that line. I mean, I don't, I don't know why the world coach safe didn't challenge that. I mean, can you give me some clarity on that? Yeah, he, he dropped the he dropped the ball, uh, but actually what happened was the ball did not go out of bounds, and the ball didn't go through the end of the end zone, which would have called a touchback or uh, – but. What happened was a LSU player who really saw him drop the ball was the first player to gain possession of it. So when they checked it afterwards, they called it a touchdown. So it would have been a fumble and a one-yard touchdown by the person who recovered the ball. That's right. The wide receiver did not get a touchdown on that play. Uh, and that showed you the – I saw a whole lot of uh, the SEC, dog and the SEC, but they actually did review it. Uh, and the people who were in the stadium – in the press box said it was explained to them, uh, but Gary and um, uh, Brad talked a while and didn't realize, oh, they did review it, and this is what happened. So uh, it was a review. It was the right call. Um, and for those who don't know, that it, you know, as long as there's an immediate and obvious recovery uh, by either opposing team, if Alabama had picked that ball up, even though they had called it a touchdown, if Alabama had recovered it, then they would have gotten the possession of the ball uh as a touchback so that's great uh, th- thanks super joe you got anything else for us real quick i'll tell you what did we put two tigers we put two tigers asleep in two two weeks straight i'll tell you what now we're gonna go ahead and make the bacon and fry the hogs this week it's gonna be a 11 o'clock right. game from i understand right that's right all right yes that's roll tight all right tom you're in with uh the martin houston show with dc capstone <clears throat> dc capstone report what's on your mind man uh, morning, Martin. Morning, D.C. Enjoy Tuesdays. Uh, I want to add to uh, what uh, Super Joe just uh, brought up about the call on the goal line. Look, well, no, that side judge throwed his hands up for touchdown. And, uh, and when that happened, everybody quit running. And uh, I, I don't understand uh, the, all this confusion that Alabama gets uh, on the instant replay. I mean, can y'all speak to the the play ending with a, a referee throwing his hands up in the air for a touchdown? I know time's short, and uh, I look forward to next week. Thank you. Yeah, no I think I just spoke a little bit to that, but the, the, the idea is when the referee throws his hands up for a touchdown, uh, the play is still live for review. And when they went ahead and reviewed it, and about 20 seconds into that afterwards, a LSU player is the first player to recover the fumble. So actually the touchdown was a recovered fumble by LSU's player number 13. You rewatched it, you'll see it about 20 seconds in. So it was a fumble on the play on review, and they reviewed it, and it was a touchdown by LSU because they were the first ones to possess the ball after the, uh, on, a, on a review. If Alabama had possessed the ball, it would have been Alabama's ball. It was a fumble, though. They, they did call it correctly. Yeah, and, and some people say, well, the Alabama players quit playing because he threw up his hands. Well, actually, the Alabama player quit chasing him long before that, and Most the definitely. LSU player didn't. So that's, that's the right. reality. Uh, the LSU player saw that it was a fumble from the way it looked in the, the, the video. It looked like he saw it and ran over and picked it up. Yeah, at uh, least one of them. Number 13 was the one to see that it was a fumble and run over and pick the ball up for a touchdown. Yeah, Absolutely. And, and and I think had he not uh, picked it up and they blew it dead, had he not picked it up and they blew it dead, then it may have been Alabama's ball because it would have been uh, dead in the end zone on a fumble. Um, 
And, you know, I don't know how they would have handled that had the LSU player not recovered it. I'm not sure uh, if it would have been um, dead or not. But anyway, I like the rule where you can't forward, fumble forward. Uh, and if you do fumble forward, then you have to recover it because it just changes the ability of guys that throw the ball into the end zone. Uh, DC, I, I, I flip back over to you. We just got a few minutes left in the program. Uh, what 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 do you see happening with Jaleel Billingsley, and how big of a role do you think he's going to have as we move throughout the rest of this season? Well, I, I think they're creating a bigger role each week for him. And I, I said on my podcast this week that I think that it's Arkansas game because of the way Arkansas plays defense and because of the way they're going to concentrate on trying to stop Devontae Smith, uh, that Jaleel Billingsley is apt to have a big game uh, on the crossing routes over the middle. So I think his athleticism, his ability to catch the ball and run after the catch is really big. Uh, and I, I look for him to emerge even greater in the, in the championship games and in the in the playoff games. I'm looking for the same thing. Christian Harris, I mean, the, this guy, uh, has he supplanted uh, Dylan Moses in the middle as the, the, the dominant alpha dog on this defense? I don't think he supplanted Dylan Moses. I think Dylan Moses will always be the alpha dog on the defense. But I think it shows you what happens when you take the things away from him having to do and allow him to concentrate what he does best, and that's play with great passion and athletic ability. Uh, Christian Harris is doing a fantastic job. Uh, the, the, the guy who's known as the, the, the most, to me, I call him old school nasty, how much did you enjoy the antics of Landon Dickerson in this game. I loved it. He was my ugly pick for this game because he was nasty ugly. Uh, from getting to jump off sides to taunting him afterwards to even falling down when the guy hit him. Uh, I think he just loves playing the game. And he loves being aggressive, and you need that in an offensive lineman. Yeah, and that's what I love about it. The guy is clearly one of the most aggressive human beings I think I've ever seen, but it shows you the other side of why he's such a leader uh, on that because the the way he was pointing out the guys, I said, it's like big kids having their moment. Uh, and I missed the flop live, but when I got to go back and see it, it was pretty hilarious. Uh, closing thoughts. I know we didn't talk much about Arkansas. Uh, I'm sure you broke that down on the podcast. So please make sure you go to DC. DC, go ahead. Check out the podcast. Out the podcast. It, is a, it is a setup for a letdown game, but I think Alabama overcomes it and wins 66 to 10. Woo, 66-10. I think Alabama, I have not made up my prediction on the score, but I think Alabama more than than covers. Uh, D.C., D.C. Capstone Report, uh, wishing everybody a Merry Christmas uh, before you get out of here. Yeah, I want to do that, but just kind of take a time to shout out my church, Harvest Church, out in Coker, Alabama, this Saturday from 11 to 12.30. We'll give away free Christmas food bags and toys. We want to serve the community, so come out this Saturday at Harvest Church in Coker. Merry Christmas, everyone. I appreciate you allowing me to come on your show, Martin, and Roll Tide. Roll Tide. That's Harvest Church this Saturday. Come out. If you're in need, uh, come by, and we will be there to serve you. That's Harvest Church in Coker. Thanks, D.C. Thanks, callers. Thanks, listeners. Thanks, Joe. Remember this. Trust in the Lord always. Lean not in your own understanding. All your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. Roll Tide. Roll Tide.